So there are CBD receptors throughout the immune system. So THC and CBD both help activate and regulate the immune system. It's one of the ways that CBD is so effective for GI disorders um, is that it activates the immune system of the gut and um, is able to help reduce inflammation there so that healing can actually get going. I'm Michael Max, and this is Geological. Have you had that feeling when in a social situation where it feels like everyone is onto something except for you? I can conjure up these moments from my memories of the elementary school playground, the hallways of middle school, and, and all those other moments in life when I felt insecure. It's that feeling of missing something and of fearing that there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm deficient in some way or lacking in smarts or experience. Often enough, I get echoes of this feeling in clinic that something is going on and I'm just not quite cottoning to it. And when that happens, it kind of tugs on the thread that runs through all those other experiences that have a similar feeling of not quite understanding what's going on. I suspect we've all had this kind of experience of being on the outside and not knowing the depth of the situation that we're in. And in the practice of medicine, this is sure to arise. What I'm talking about here is having a sense of confidence in the face of the unknown. Confidence is an important resource for an acupuncturist, but it's not something that you get from watching someone else. You can't learn it in a book and you can't talk yourself into it. It's something that has to be lived into. Experienced in the crucible of the moment, it comes in part from getting it right in the work we do, but more so it comes from having gotten it wrong and found a way not to blame the patient and to have had the wherewithal to walk that tender edge in ourselves between blame and a clear-eyed sense of responsibility. Confidence comes from an ability to respond so that we can hold a kind of space for the mistakes that we make, along with the fortitude to take in the information garnered from our mistreatment and use that so we can learn and deepen our understanding. If you think this is easy, think again. It sounds nice in theory, but in the moment when it arises, it feels like failure. It will test your sense of self-worth, and if you have an inflated sense of confidence, you'll look for other reasons why things went amok, and that's not helpful to you, and it's not helpful for your patient. It takes time, and it takes experience. You know how we have this story in our profession about how the profession is somehow failing new practitioners because so many aren't practicing after five years? I suspect this is due in part to a lack of support for newer practitioners as they go through the tempering process that the first few years of clinic requires from all of us. Conventional MDs, they have a residency. Psychotherapists, they have consultation groups, and they have supervision. But what do we have in our profession? Facebook groups and business consultants? I'm not sure these are resources that allow for the safety of a container that allows us to bring forth those less developed parts of ourselves that are showing up in our practice when we're in the middle of the muddle of not understanding. True confidence is something that comes through lessons painfully learned. And being able to share our difficult clinical cases that show us the bleeding edge of our understanding, this is tender territory. And it's helpful to have a trusted group of colleagues who will both support and more importantly challenge us. And if you're just starting out on this journey, know that the first few years of practice, it ain't easy. And don't expect it to be. Expect to learn lessons that you didn't know you signed up for. Some say fake it till you make it, but I don't think there is faking it when it comes to medicine. 
We have to embrace our not knowing and somehow keep moving ahead. These conversations come to you through the generous support of our sponsors and members. All the sponsors here provide helpful products or services that you'll find beneficial in your clinical work. Worried that an EMR is too complex for you? Jane has friendly and knowledgeable support. Mayway Herbs is celebrating the 55th year of their family business. You're invited to make use of their vast library of resources. Are you concerned about the health of Mother Earth? AccuFast Needles is doing something about that. You can too. And later in the show, Ancestral Sturman offers up a sinew treatment, and the folks at Blue Poppy have something special to share as well. Do be sure to visit the sponsors page on the Geological website to take advantage of all the special offers our terrific sponsors have for listeners of the podcast. I don't know about you, but sometimes I take a step back and marvel at my acupuncture needles. I mean, they're the world's simplest medical tool, a sharpened wire and a handle. That's it. And with this simple tool, hundreds of health conditions can be resolved. I love it. What I didn't love was the amount of packaging waste I generated at the end of the day. But that has now changed too. Ever since I switched to AccuFast Earth-Friendly Needles, I reduced my packaging waste by 90%. Not only are they a great needle, but the folks at AccuFast plant a tree for every two boxes of needles I use in the clinic. By switching to AccuFast Needles, you'll be helping patients, planting trees, and joining a community of practitioners changing the world. Like our simple needle, being a part of the solution, it's simple too. Visit AccuFastNeedles.com slash geological to learn how. Hi folks, I'm Yvonne Lau, president of Mayway Herbs. Our family business turns 55 this year, and we wouldn't have gotten this far without the love and support of our community. We're truly grateful and promise you that we'll continue to work hard to support you and your practice. Please visit Mayway.com to find the perfect Pumsar brand formula or formulate your own in our dispensary. Our site also has lots of articles, videos, and herbal recipes for you to explore. And tune into our podcast, Chinese Medicine Matters, for insightful discussions on all things TCM. Learn about treatment strategies and powerful herbal remedies. As we welcome the month of May, our focus is on women's health. Our newsletter articles and podcast episodes this month will highlight different aspects and unique challenges women face. So subscribe or tune in. And if you're a practitioner, get a discount on our women's health formulas this month. Just visit Mayway.com. This season and every season, trust Mayway Herbs for your health and wellness needs. And thank you for supporting Real Chinese Medicine. I love how technology can help to automate my office. And I want to share with you my favorite tool for doing so, Jane. Jane is a clinic management software in EMR with a human touch. Whether you're switching your software or going paperless for the first time, the Jane team knows that the onboarding process can feel a little overwhelming. That's why with Jane, you don't just get software, you get a whole team. Included in every Jane subscription is their award-winning customer support available by phone, email, and chat whenever you need it, even Saturdays. You can also book a free account setup consultation to review your account and ensure you feel confident about going live. If you're interested in making the switch to Jane, head to jane.app/switch to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their support team. And be sure to mention the code 
Geological at the time of sign-up for a one-month grace period on your new Jane account. All right, let's get into today's conversation on CBD, neurology, and building a business because there's a change that you want to see in the world, and you've decided that you're the woman for the job. Hey, friends, welcome back to Geological. I've got Chloe Weber with me today. Have you guys noticed that people with the name Chloe are always badasses? Chloe's a real badass. Uh, With business, with herbs, with this thing called CBD, and neurology, some super cool stuff here. Chloe, welcome to Geological. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. I I am a huge, huge fan of what you're doing and, and your podcast. Huge fan of Geological. It's funny. I just like started this off as an experiment. Now there's people that are like fans. You know, when we were at the Pacific Symposium, that's where we met a little while back. It was weird because people would like come up to me and go, you're Michael Max, and they want their picture taken with me. <laughs> I'm an introvert. Do you know how, how odd that is for an introvert? But you're doing such an incredible job. I mean, being able to highlight other practitioners and show their work and inspire new practitioners who are getting into the field. I mean, it's really, it's really breaking boundaries. I love it. It's great. Well, you know, it's the other practitioners that are doing the heavy lift here. I ask a few <laughs> questions and then shut up. Hey, you've got to give, somebody's got to give them a platform and this is a beautiful one. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you like the platform. I, I have had some fun with it myself. There's a couple things that we talked about when we were at the symposium. We talked about business. I want to, I want to move around to that because you had a business in New York. You were doing like a low cost herbal pharmacy. Well, that was actually in Denver. That was my first business. So I started um, a sliding scale Chinese herb pharmacy. And that was my absolute baby. It was open two months before my son Remy was born. And so we did sliding scale herbal formulas and really low cost affordable acupuncture. And then we provided custom herbal formulas to practitioners in the area and across the country. And Man, it was just such a joy to be able to open people's minds and make make Chinese herbal medicine accessible and affordable and give people more options in their healthcare. So that was that was so much fun. You were kind of a new practitioner at that point. Oh, I was. I had just graduated. You had just okay. So where does someone who has just graduated have the, you know, confidence and vision and, you know, as Jewish people would say, chutzpah to go pull off something like this on your first start. You know, a lot of people just go work in someone else's clinic and like, I'm going to get some chops. Where, where do you get the mojo for this kind of thing? Well, I definitely don't think it was the confidence. It's just the stubbornness, which has also uh, driven me through this next epic adventures of my life. You know, to me, it's really important that Chinese medicine is accessible. And I think that it's beautiful that a lot of community clinics are getting acupuncture to be more accessible. Um, I think that a lot of nonprofits are trying to get acupuncture out there more. And I think that's wonderful. I don't see the same focus with Chinese herbs. And Chinese herbs have always been really my great love in the medicine. And to me, Chinese herbs are something that everybody can really understand. Everybody's grandmother gave them some mint for a stomach ache or some ginger. It's a language that almost every culture understands. And it's something that's also studied well in Western medicine. So we can tell people the pharmacological actions of the herbs in a way that their Western providers are going to understand. So it was really something 
that I was just determined to, to, to make happen because I just, I really wanted it to be available. It's still a business model that I love very much. So hopefully uh, that'll expand more in the future also. So determination is what fuels you through this. <laughs> and stubbornness. And stubbornness. stubbornness is really helpful. <laughs> I have found that my stubbornness, my persistence gets me through all the other weaknesses that I have. I just keep banging my head against it until something gives. Yeah. No, it helps. I mean, if you have a vision, you know, I think, and this was something we talked about at the symposium a little bit also, is that I think a lot of people get stuck in this vision of what acupuncture is supposed to be, what you're supposed to do when you get out. And to me, I've always looked at acupuncture through the lens of public health. So, Oh, that's interesting. So for me, I think Chinese medicine is the perfect framework within to, to look at public health interventions. So for me, low-income populations not having access to alternative medicine plus being on an increased amount of pharmaceuticals you know, all of the horror stories about people being neglected and ignored by their doctors, uh, particularly if they have low income or are not white. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really horrible and it's really scary. And to me, Chinese medicine offers a really great um, option for that. And that's also how I got into CBD. My son has a super rare seizure disorder that there's no options for, you know, most of the children with his disorder are on three or four seizure meds, have very little seizure control. They have many, many complications. There's really nothing to offer them besides just managing the epilepsy. Meanwhile, they still have intellectual disability. They have Parkinsonian-like tremors. They have all these other things going on. So to me, I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is wind. And, <laughs> you know, this is, this is heat rising. And these are things that we can look at through the lens of Chinese medicine and then through the lens of Chinese herbology and really start customizing formulas for these for these disorders that that are being ignored. Yeah. It so fortunate for you and for Remy that you were doing the study that you did. You have this perspective that instead of sort of scratching your head and going, "Oh, maybe some genetic thing. Oh, we don't know what this is. We don't know how to treat this." You you look at it and go, "Flame and heat. That's pretty <laughs> obvious." Duh, right? No, exactly. And it's, I mean, one of the things that's been really heartbreaking for me is seeing other families be so despondent about it. And they really don't have many options because their doctors are telling them there's nothing. Right. And so there's for nothing me to as be an, done. Exactly. So me as an herbalist, I look at it and I'm like, oh, you have nothing. Great. That means I get to go to town. So let's, <laughs> let's go all in on, on Chinese medicine and functional medicine and all the crazy, crazy things I do with this, this very cute child of mine things that can help, things that actually can help. You know, I hear this a lot from my patients too. They've seen their doctors, they've got something. And, and the doctor says, there's no way to treat this, right? There's no treatment for this. And it's like, well, there are ways of treating this. You might not have a way of treating it, but there are other methods out there. Luckily for me, I've got one. And we're going to get into some of what, what you're doing here, too. Later, I want to come back and talk to you about some other stuff around CBD. But let's jump into the neurobiology and seizure disorders and just, you know, all the stuff that you now have, like a triple PhD in. Oy. Well, so neurology is so incredibly fascinating. 
as I mentioned, my son Remy has STX-BP1. So he was diagnosed when he was two and a half. So it's one of those rare disorders that's so very rare that we don't get a name. We just get the letters of the gene that's mutated. Um, So that's when you know you're really in a shit show. So with this epic adventure, when Remy was diagnosed, I sort of decided that I was going to go into everything that I'd been looking at. So I'd already been studying all night, every night, trying to look into different herbs, different ways that we can combine things. And he was getting acupuncture, herbs, cranial sacral, osteopathy, so many things. But there were a couple other programs that I had been looking into that I hadn't pulled the trigger on because um, at the time I was, I took like a year off of work and was just you know, spending time doing therapy with Remy. A lot of these things are super expensive. But so I I went to the Family Hope Center in Philly. I learned a lot about developmental neurology. I also take Remy to a neurologist in Ecuador. We actually leave this Sunday. So we go for a month, twice a year. (laughs) A neurologist in Ecuador. He's a Cuban neurologist who studied in Russia. So we do hyperbaric oxygen, ozone therapy, foot detoxes, and he does this interesting brainwave balancing technique. So that's a really unique treatment method that I've never seen anywhere else. And it's been really profound. I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing to see the progress of the children trip after trip. Because we all sort of go at the same time every year. So it's, it's always interesting to see. So there's a group of you that go down for this? Well, no. So there's, it's mainly families from South and Central America. And then there's me. <laughs> and I'm the only one who goes alone with their child. Um, and I'm the only one really from America. There's one or two other families who come from America. But so basically, the doctor will have people come every five months, and then you stay for a month. So you end up sort of going at the same time with the same families over and over. So like, we went a little bit off of our schedule last time. So this time we'll see the families we saw last year over Christmas. And now they're going to see that Remy's walking and they're going to just die and be so excited. So he does a lot of detoxification work and, and bioenergetic medicine. So that's been super interesting. Man, I've studied so many supplements and functional movement. I think, you know, Qigong, yoga, just even crawling, the cross-crawl action for neurological disorders is so, so very profound. Breath work. I mean, Chinese medicine really provides a phenomenal framework with which to look look at neurological conditions. But sometimes we need to use some supplements and some things that are outside of the Chinese medical paradigm in order to supplement due to the fact that there's so many assaults on our system, (laughs) you know, so many things that are taxing our immune system and causing inflammation, causing neuroinflammation, affecting our gut. So we really need to look at it, not only from the Chinese medicine lens, but look at it in terms of clearing the gut, potentiating the gut brain axis, uh, clearing heavy metals and toxins, reducing inflammation. So it's been, it's been an epic adventure. I started a a neuro rehab resource website called remysrevenge.com that goes into a little bit of it also. Who would be interested in looking at this, this website with all the resources that you have? What kinds of people would benefit from that? Well, it's funny because what I had in mind was for it to be for other parents like me because I just wanted them to have a starting place. So other parents who have children with special needs, whether it's ADD or autism, or if you have a loved one with any neurological condition, Basically, what I did was I looked at the main things that all of these brilliant, brilliant practitioners that I'd been working with were doing, and I sort of broke it down into diet, detoxification, oxygen, 
functional movement and supplements. And then I've sort of gotten into the weird biohacky world. So I've got a lot of tools and devices and fun things like that. But so I put in a bunch of resources, a bunch of research papers, a bunch of book suggestions, a bunch of supplement suggestions, thinking that other parents might uh, be interested. What I've found is that it's a little overwhelming <laughs> for some of the parents, but for practitioners like acupuncturists and anybody who's working with neurological conditions, I think it's a really great resource. Um, and hopefully it'll cut down a little bit of the, the legwork for you. Right. So let's say we have Parkinson's patients or people with ALS or, you know, a lot of the degenerative conditions that people suffer often later in life. Would this be useful for those folks to learn more about neurology? Absolutely. So my practice really shifted in New York from, and Remy and I just moved back to Colorado, but my practice in New York really shifted from more autoimmune stuff towards more neurological conditions. So I've worked with a lot of adults with Parkinson's and MS, and there's nothing more profound than changing somebody's gut <laughs> when it comes to a neurological condition. But also looking at the heavy metals. I mean, you're never too old to detoxify some of these heavy metals. You're never too old to refine your diet and potentiate your gut bacteria so that it's going to support your neurology. There's, there's a tremendous amount of things. I mean, we know just from Qigong and, and Tai Chi how much that can help with balance and help uh, upregulate dopamine in the brain so that people have less of a tremor. I mean, it's really, it's really beautiful. Hello, everyone. Anne Cecil Sturman here. A working knowledge of the eight extraordinary channels from the unbroken oral tradition of acupuncture is valuable beyond words. The power of these channels is tremendous if the practitioner has well-integrated diagnostic, theoretical, and practical skill. You'll be familiar with Dumai, the governor channel or the sea of yang, the primal reservoir of yang, which ultimately finances all movement and growth. But this channel also governs the ability to self-determine. The psycho-emotional presentation of your patients can be matched to a classical activation of this channel, clearing impedance in the free flow of yang chi to body, mind and spirit. I'd like to share with you the marvelous potency of the Do Channel in a full-length live treatment video from the seminar I taught last year in Melbourne, Australia. It's at ancecilsturman.com forward slash sinews2024. Click on the jump to free teaching button or see the link on my Instagram page at ancecilsturman. Thanks, Michael. Back to you. So we are very keen in Chinese medicine about that earth element, right? The spleen and the stomach. These days we call it the gut. It sounds like this is a, a core thing here, especially the way that the gut interacts with the brain, which a lot of modern research is really pretty keen on showing those particular interactions. We already know that the earth element has to do with thinking. Of course. Right, from Chinese medicine. Bu Zhang Yi <laughs> so what are some of the things that you work with? Where are some places that you start with helping to get that earth element, that gut, back into a kind of a balance so that, it, so that the rest of the system can function better? 
So it depends on the patient. Mainly I'll talk to them about what their diet is and try and clear out things that are likely going to be inflammatory to their GI system. So, you know, gluten, dairy, corn, anything that's likely going to be high in mold. I might recommend that they do a food allergy test just to see if there's anything abnormal that's uh, irritating their gut that they already know about. I like doing a lot of horror work. My teacher, Michael Young, used to call it left side sausage and right side sausage. So I'll see if it feels like there might be some SIBO. I'll talk to them about their digestion, sort of try and get an idea as to how things are moving and then support it either with Chinese herbs. I really like the restore formula, which helps uh, restore balance in the gut. There are a bunch of different probiotics and prebiotics that are really, really helpful for potentiating specific bacteria. Actually, CBD has been shown to potentiate this one strain of bacteria that's really helpful with epilepsy and MS. And it's interesting because uh, the ketogenic diet also potentiates the same bacteria. It's fun, nerdy goodness. But, you know, I, I treat the earth element the way that we normally would, you know, supporting with acupuncture and herbs. But also you've got to make sure that you're clearing out anything that's there. So like Remy always had seizures with the full moon. So that... Uh, since Remy's sort of wired to have seizures, what I found and what I discovered is that parasites migrate with the full moon. So the parasites migrating with the full moon will increase the inflammation in the gut. That's going to travel along the vagus nerve. Remy has cluster seizures with the full moon. We did a significant parasite cleanse. We're actually doing another one right now because he just had a, a nasty bout of seizures. So we've been doing a couple of parasite cleanses and whenever we do that and his gut's in better check, he won't have seizures with the full moon anymore. So it's pretty cool. It's really his, his gut and his epilepsy are <laughs> so incredibly uh, tied together. It's really crazy to watch it happen. Yeah. You mentioned a thing called restore. Mm -hmm. I've heard about this. Can you tell us a little more about this stuff? It's a mineral supplement that helps um, restore the integrity of the gut lining. So it's pretty cool. It's, they also have one that's a nose spray that I've used for some patients who have sort of chronic sinusitis. Um, but it helps sort of potentiate those mucous membranes. And then it also helps with the bacterial balance, from what I understand of it. Mm -hmm. So you've seen it be helpful for folks that are dealing with gut issues. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great formula. I've used it for a lot, a lot with kids. Um, it doesn't have much of a taste. I like biocidin also for different, different things, but biocidin is great for help killing off some yeast and some I'm not gut familiar pathogens. with biocidin. Uh, biocidin is, it's a tincture. It's in a sugar base. It's more Western herbs, I think. I, I believe the story is that the woman developed it based off of a formula that a veterinarian had given her. Um, so they had used it for like horses and then they decided to use it and make a formula. It's pretty cool. They have some really, it's a really powerful uh, product. It's kind of insane. So we use that. I use that a lot for mold. I've used it to help me uh, with strep throat when I'm in Ecuador and can't get to a doctor or can't get to my Chinese herbs, though I travel with pretty much a suitcase full of herbs. Yeah, so. well, you're, you're herb girl. You probably travel with, uh, you know, you've, <laughs> your travel it's kit's so not small. <laughs> I, I want to jump into the detox thing for a moment mm -hmm. because I don't understand it very well. And, and I know that I will often have patients come in 
and and they'll say things like, well, you know, I need to detox. I'm doing this thing. I need to detox. And my question is always, well, number one, how do you know you've got a toxic overload? Number two, what are you detoxing? Number three, how do you know you're detoxing it? And number four, this is the one where I, I, I have like a little bit of understanding but no ability, which is how do you take something once it's liberated and in the system and safely get it out? Now, I understand there's chelation and things like this that I know nothing about other than I've heard about it. And, I, and it seems that you have to really know what you're doing with this kind of thing because it's a several-step process. But I'm wondering if you could help me out with this. Like, number one, how do you know if there actually is something toxic in the system? Because if you look on the internet, there's a bunch of goddamn products out there that are selling you, this will detox you. And it, you know, they're selling stuff. And you know, I have patients all the time. Well, you know, I saw this thing on the internet. I'm toxic. Well, how do you know? I'm going to be Mr. Skeptical here. No, I'm, I'm all you, for it. Yeah, I'm, uh, so help me out with this. So it is, you are completely correct. It's a really complicated thing and it's something that you want to do. You want to actually study it and know what you're doing because it, you don't want to free up toxins and then have them go somewhere else in the body. And that's something that's like, that's pretty dangerous and that a lot of people will buy supplements off the internet and they won't be really safe. So let's see. So for Remy, what we did, we did a hair test to see what his heavy metals load was like. And so I am literally the most psychotic mother you're ever going to meet. And my diet was completely organic while I was pregnant. Besides, I was, I was finishing school and I was waitressing at a high-end taco and tequila place in Denver. So I would eat the tacos. <laughs> but that was the only thing that I ate that wasn't organic. And Remy tested off the charts for so many heavy metals. So that was really alarming for me. So there are some questions about the validity of the hair test. Some people will have you do urine analysis. And sometimes they'll have you sort of, I forget where it's called, where they sort of instigate for you to release some of the toxins. So you can see that in the urine analysis. So there are different ways to do that. I think it's pretty safe to assume that we're all somewhat toxic just living in this environment. I mean, there's, you know, flame retardants in the carpet that I'm sitting on, I'm sure. There's, you know, Monsanto everywhere. You know, there's there's all sorts of toxins. I live five toxins. miles from the headquarters. Oh, God. It's, it's raining glyphosate on us now. It's literally in the rain. So there's no way that we don't have some level of toxins in our bodies, and our bodies are going to function better without them. The, the different levels, it depends on the person and it depends on how much they're affecting them. Because sometimes we have strong systems and good detox pathways that are functioning well. And so we can kind of handle it. Other people, the detox pathways don't work so well and, and you get more of a buildup. Exactly. And so a lot of people who have like the MTHFR mutation, which is the big popular uh, SNP right now, they're going to have reduced detoxification pathways. A lot of people with neurological disorders or special needs have, you know, some minor genetic abnormalities like the MTHFR or just have reduced detoxification pathways. So especially if you're going to have somebody with a neurological condition, A, those toxins are going to be, you know, their effects are going to be enhanced and it's going to more drastically affect their brain and their bodily functions than it would for somebody like you or I who doesn't have a neurological condition, knock on wood, mm -hmm. 
or that we know about. That we know um, about. Gotten away with it so far. I know. It's a little questionable. Slightly dicey. But uh, <laughs> so for those with neurological conditions, you want to do it really safely. I like, I mean, even oil pulling or dry skin brushing, saunas, raw apple cider vinegar has an uh, enzyme in it that breaks down glyphosate. So having your patients, especially those who have low stomach acid and heartburn as a result of that, having them do the apple cider vinegar drinks, that's a great way for like an easy daily detox that's not going to put any risk on the system. Some other things that I use depending on the circumstances are um, organic French green clay that can bind and pull out some of the heavy metals. Uh, using that in conjunction with vitamin C can help clear, clear things out <laughs> in a nice way. You know, if you're looking at parasites, you want to use some herbs. Uh, diatomaceous earth is something that a lot of people will use. Um, I've been really into this thing called these things called rhizols, which are ozone-infused oils. I'm playing with making one with Chinese herbs that'll work on balancing the gut and clearing out any, any gut pathogens that may be lurking. What are lysols? It sounds like a disinfectant product. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing is, you know, we're, we have, we've got sugar everywhere. We've got toxins everywhere. And it's, it's totally messing with our gut. And so, you know, if you have a patient who is going to the bathroom properly, has no GI symptoms, and is feeling good, I don't see a reason to do anything besides maybe recommend the apple cider vinegar because you know there's going to be some glyphosate in their system. For those with neurological conditions, you want to be a little bit more aggressive, but at the same time, you want to go nice and slow and not take anything too quickly because it is a really dangerous process. And there are a lot of different ways to do it. Uh, zeolites are also another interesting product. They're some weird molecule that's supposed to absorb heavy metals and safely bring them out of the body. Dr. Klinghart has some really great protocols that are up on the web. Okay. And, and we'll put that up on the show notes page so people can just go to it and get it. So good. Um, so CBD... CBD. How does that fit into this whole thing? So like many Chinese herbalists, I was a very stubborn Chinese herbalist when I first started hearing about CBD. Uh, I lived in Colorado, so I was sort of like, well, you know, guys, if you want to smoke your pot, smoke your pot. We don't have to pretend this is like medicinal herb. It's no big deal. So before Remy was diagnosed, he had never had a confirmed seizure. I had thought he had had some, but he had an EEG that was clear. So everybody told me I was crazy, shocker, uh, which may or may not be true still. So once it was diagnosed that Remy had a disorder that's, that's known for catastrophic seizures, I started looking into what I could use to help treat Remy that doesn't shut off all of his brain activity the way that a lot of the seizure meds do, because Remy already has enough of a struggle ahead of him in terms of his development. You know, his development is incredibly slow. So I don't want to dull his brain activity. So I started looking into CBD, started researching it. And it's really just incredible what it can do for neurological conditions. And the more I researched it, the more in love with it I became in terms of it as an herb. So for a while, I stopped my feet <laughs> and uh, I emailed CW Hemp and asked them if they would do, you know, I was like, this is not a one size fits all. 
let's use Chinese herbs, let's potentiate the actions and let's help more people. I don't even want any money from it. I just want to, I just want to help more people. I'll write your formulas for you. So I never heard back from them. (laughs) And then about a year later, I was stomping my feet some more because I still wanted this product that I had in my mind. Is this something that you were using with Remy at that time? No. Well, so I had Chinese herbs and then I had the CBD. So we were trying, I was using them separately, but not together. But my instinct was that if we combine them in in sort of a polypharmacy, the way that we do with our Chinese herbs, that it would potentiate the actions. But I had no resource, you know, like I was like, how, I don't know how to make this. Like, let me just write the formulas. (laughs) Right. I'm a Chinese herbalist, not a, not a (laughs) CBD manufacturer. So finally I got stubborn enough. And then me and my co-founder Bart Beckerman decided that we would just go at it and see if we could start a, a product line. So we really wanted to take the guesswork out of the, the line. We wanted to get the highest quality hemp that we possibly could, use an extraction method that's going to make sure that it gets every aspect of the plant, and really just look at hemp medicine through the lens of Chinese herbology. Because to me, that's the most uh, efficient, most comprehensive medical system that we have. Yeah. So a couple questions about that. So the first is, how do you see CBD as a member of our Materia Medica in terms of its function and its flavor and its, you know, temperature and, you know, is it a yin tonic? Is it a, you know, chi mover? Um, I'd love to get your take on that. And then the second one is, it seems like there's a number of different extraction methods. Some of them use some pretty nasty solvents. How do you know you're getting something that is actually healthy? Because I've taken CBD at times, and there's certain CBD I've taken, and it's like, it doesn't taste good, and it gives me a headache. Yeah, no, it's and, really and, scary. and I wonder what's in it. So, so let's start with the Chinese Materia Medica piece and then get into some geeky manufacturing science. Oh, I love the geeky manufacturing science. Yes. Ours is so cool. There's so much involved in it. So it's it's a liver tonic. So it um you know it goes to the liver, it goes to the five viscera. It's supposed to be acrid. It's slightly cooling. It stops wind. It stops pain. It calms the shen. It nourishes the yin. So CBD and THC are two of the cannabinoids that are in the hemp plant. But those are the ones that we talk about the most because those are the ones that have been studied the most and they're the most prevalent. They're both cannabis plants, so hemp and cannabis are all in the cannabis family. But so a plant will be more CBD rich if it's not fertilized by the male plant. Wait, I might have gotten that backwards. (laughs) So if it's not fertilized, then you get high THC. And if it is fertilized, then you get high CBD. So there are some different growing techniques for that. But what's interesting about it is I've been really looking into the way that CBD and THC interact in the body and interact in the brain and complement each other. So it sort of seems like CBD is more of like the yin aspect of it. It's really cooling. It helps calm the brain's activity. It slows down the degradation of the, the endogenous cannabinoids that we have in our body. So it's, it's really a nice yin, liver, heart, nourishing aspect of the herb. Whereas the THC is more sort of thought to be the yang aspect of the herbs. That's where you're going to get the psychotropic effects. So I was thinking about it last night, how they're sort of like a Dwei Yao pair. Right. Well, well, they they can be right. I mean, I've heard that for CBD to really be effective, a bit of THC potentiating it is super helpful. 
you know, it's the same with any of our Chinese herbs. We want the whole plant. We want as much of that plant in there because every part of the plant is there for a reason. And the THC acts directly upon the CB1 receptors, which are in the brain and the nervous system, whereas the CBD acts in a different way. It acts um, more as like an SSRI on the receptor so that there's more of the cannabinoids available for us to use. It also upregulates the CB1 receptors in the brain so that it reduces the psychotropic effects of the THC. So that's also interesting, which, so for a lot of neurological conditions, you're going to need a higher level of THC because that's going to act directly on the CB1 receptors. I'm actually looking into, I think Remy's going to be getting his medical marijuana card so that we can try THC rich cannabis uh, extract when he has cluster seizures because he no longer has seizures in between, but every couple will months he'll have a breakthrough and a couple days of clusters so instead of putting him on a seizure med uh, which he's tried a couple on it they had really disastrous effects I'd much rather see if I can give him THC even if my child's stoned for a day I'd much prefer that than have him on seizure meds long term sure well and better stoned than seizing exactly Seizuring. But so, yeah. so back to the Chinese medical frame so so I sort of look at those as a Dwei Yao and it's it's sort of nice to see how you can modify how much of each are in products in order to potentiate certain actions and how, you know, if, if you're working, so, so for oncology, a lot of patients will want to take a higher level of THC uh, for cancer patients, for immune modulation, for pain, for nausea. You want a little bit of a higher level of THC most of the time for patients like that who are going through such things. But in order to keep you from having two significant psychotropic effects, you add some CBD to that to balance it out so you don't get as stoned so that you can actually function and be a part of your life. <laughs> so, so it's pretty interesting to see how they're working together and how it's used as a plant. And it's been used uh, for a long, long time. Eric Brand wrote a brilliant article about going through a lot of the different historical historical context of hemp in Chinese medicine. And it's interesting because it does seem like they were breaking down the different parts of the plants for their different pharmacological actions. So, you know, there was Ma Bo, Ma Fa, and Ma Ziren. You know, the seed is obviously a laxative. The article was going into whether or not Ma Bo was potentially hemp, whereas Ma Hua was potentially, you know, more cannabis, higher THC. Uh, plan. So it has a long history with our medicine. And if anyone's going to dig into the history of it, Eric Brand would be the man for that. Exactly. I mean, he's just far too brilliant for his own, his own good. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for us. I know. He's the best. You mentioned immune modulation with THC. Mm -hmm. First time I've heard this. Tell me about that. Um, so there are CBD receptors throughout the immune system. So THC and CBD both help activate and regulate the immune system. It's one of the ways that CBD is so effective for GI disorders um, is that it activates the immune system of the gut and um, is able to help reduce inflammation there so that healing can actually get going. So it's it's pretty cool. But CBD does seem to help regulate the immune system. It really is kind of an adaptogenic herb. So it just balances everything out. It's somewhat mind-blowing when you start doing the research and digging into things and seeing, well, does CBD have an effect on this particular thing? And the more and more research is coming out, it really does affect 
the body in, in so many ways. And there are so many, you know, there are receptors pretty much on every, every cell in the body. Would this be useful for people with autoimmune disease and that it would help to regulate the immune system and maybe dial it down? Absolutely. So there's research going on exploring CBD uh, for use for inflammatory and autoimmune diseases that are primarily triggered by, and activated by T cells and other cellular immune components. So it's pretty interesting. So several studies have shown that cannabinoids downregulate cytokine and chemokine production. And then in some models, they also upregulate up regulate T regulatory cells. Um, and they use that as a mechanism to suppress immune, the inflammatory responses. So I was using our uh, Revive a good amount with my autoimmune patients because that's a kidney spleen tonic. So that mixed with the CBD seemed to help balance the immune system, reduce inflammation, give them that support to sort of help them have a little bit of space to heal. And also it's so nice because it has those lovely anxiolytic properties. So it helps calm any sort of stress, calms the Shen, which is, is also a big part of healing for a lot of people who are going through these chronic disorders. Well, and people with autoimmune issues often have... They're kind of edgy. They're kind of always on edge, I've noticed. Yeah. Well, their body's attacking itself. <laughs> the body's attacking itself, right. Can't be fun. <laughs> no. So as we're having this conversation, this is in the holiday season, right? We just came through black, cyber, green, shopping, you know, blah, blah, blah season. I've gotten so many emails for, you know, 30% off this and 50% off that. I just want to go out and buy retail. You know, it's just, it becomes overwhelming at a certain point. There's so much with CBD these days. It's good for this. It's good for that. It's, it's kind of touted as a panacea. You know, it's showing up in toothpaste. It's showing up in latte. I mean, it's showing up all over the place. I saw it in some pizza in Brooklyn. Oh my God. Okay. So when this kind of thing happens, there, there's a part in my brain that goes, you know what? I'm just walking away from this because it's like, how do you know? what to pay attention to, and how much of it is marketing noise. Can you help me out with this? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that's, I mean, that's why I ultimately decided to start the company because as a mom and as an herbalist, I was just too stubborn and too annoyed that I was getting really inconsistent results with the herbs that I was giving to me and Remy because anything I give to him, I pretty much give to me because who can't help boost their brain? One of the main things that's really dangerous with hemp and with this craze is that hemp actually cleans the earth, which is a beautiful thing. So it'll help um, clear up any toxins from the soil. So it leaches toxins out of the soil. Exactly. So it's a really wonderful thing for our planet. However, if you're getting shitty mass-produced hemp... The odds are is that any of those toxins that are in the soil are now going into your hemp. And so for me, especially with my passion for neurological disorders, I definitely would not allow for any of those to go into an herbal product. So basically, most, most companies that are going to be reputable, you're going to be able to go to their website and easily find their certificates of analysis. We do really extensive certificates of analysis, and it costs us a lot of money, especially for a small business. But so we test for heavy metals, pesticides, mycotoxins, um, solvents. We test for literally everything that there's a test for. We just have them run it all because 
I, I will not compromise. I would never, ever sell a product that I would not put in my child's mouth. And, you know, and that's really important to me, especially, again, for, for children with neurodevelopmental disorders or adults with neurodegenerative disorders. I mean, we really want to make sure they're getting the cleanest, most effective medicine that you can. But so you want to be able to see the COAs. And to me, it's interesting because I keep meeting other companies and learning about other companies and it can be a little bit intimidating as somebody with a small company, but I just get every time I meet another company or hear about another brand and get to dive into the details, it gets more and more exciting how special the products that we're making are and how much love and appreciation goes into every single detail from planting the seed to extracting it to putting it in the bottle. So, so that's really, really fun for me. But it is, it is dangerous out there if you're getting something that's really cheap that looks like it's mass produced, it's likely not high quality, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. In recent years, the Sa'am acupuncture style has generated significant interest and a loyal and growing following. In the Sa'am approach, a precise diagnosis leads to a four-needle treatment to address the five element and six chi imbalances in the body. The four needles target the controlling and generating cycles it's common using this method for the needle sensation to be stronger than in many other styles. Thus, the choice of needle becomes important. The Unico brand of needles lends itself to both strong and gentle techniques. These superior needles are made of uncoated Japanese surgical stainless steel and feature the best guide tube on the market with its unique beveled edge. Additionally, Unico needles have a tensile property that helps with freehanding needles into Jing well points and allows you to more easily feel the arrival of Qi. Blue Poppy is the exclusive importer and distributor of Unico needles. Use the code QI2024 to save 10% off Unico needles at www.bluepoppy.com. You'll be glad you did. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the different manufacturing processes that pull the CBD out of the plant? Because I suspect there's there's a couple of few different ones. Some of them might be, I don't know, how do I say this, more industrial and maybe you want to be more careful around because they've got toxins and others may be less toxic in being able to extract these particular molecules out of the plant. Yeah, so... CO2 extraction is one of the most common ways that you're going to find extracted hemp. So it's very, it's very clean. You don't end up with many solvents whatsoever. And it's very standardized in terms of you'll get a high quantity of cannabinoids from the plant. So that makes it easier for companies to, to use that. Unfortunately, it doesn't do as good of a job of maintaining the terpenes and some of the phytocannabinoids as some of the other processes do. So ethanol extraction is another really common extraction technique. And as long as that's done really well, you're really only going to have very, very, very small trace amounts of the ethanol left. Some people don't do it as well. And then that, that obviously can be a problem. But the ethanol extraction is really nice because it does get most of the phytochemicals out of the plant. It gets the terpenes and it gets the cannabinoids, obviously. Another way is through, I believe, using butane. It just seems crazy. So I honestly haven't looked into it. So I can't recommend it. 
it seems too likely to me to contain solvents at the end product that are significantly detrimental <laughs> to, to one's brain. What we do for radical roots is we do a spagyric extraction, which is an ancient alchemical extraction method. So basically what they do is they do an ethanol, organic grape alcohol extraction. And then from that, then they take all the plant material and they burn it for like six to eight hours. From the ashes, they magically reconstitute the salts and the minerals and they put that back into the tincture. And so that creates this alchemical reaction that potentiates the actions of the hemp. So to me, as an herbalist, I look at hemp and I know that it's a super mineral rich plant. And that this plant has had medicinal qualities, potentially going back 50 million years from some of the research that I've done. So to me, every aspect of that plant is probably pretty essential. So if this plant is specifically super mineral dense, I really think that those minerals are important to be in there. So spagyric extraction is the only way that I know of that we can get the minerals into a tincture. And the guy that we have doing it is is really, really just brilliant and He's a phenomenal chemist and physicist and physicist. Sounds like a mad scientist. Oh my God, he is. He's brilliant. I mean, he's building me an ozone machine right now so that I can ozone infuse oils and ozone infuse facial oils. And he, uh, he's, he's got like two massive rife coils in his house that he built. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm very, very amazed and humbled to be able to work with the people that I'm working with. They really are absolutely brilliant and really, really genuinely passionate about helping other people. It's really fun to work with lit up smart people, isn't it? It's so much fun. It's so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. So so you have this really keen eye toward the mineral aspect along with all the other things with the plant. And you also clued us into that if it's not grown in the right way or if it's grown in the wrong place, it's going to really be pulling minerals in. It's going to be pulling in various substances that you would not want to have, especially with the method that you're using. So the hemp that goes into your products, where does it come from? What's it, what does its life cycle look like? Oh my God, it's beautiful. So it's now I'm back in Boulder. So they're about 10 minutes up the road in Longmont. It's a farm. We source our hemp, pretty much all of it from Pachamama Farms. So there we have one farmer and he, um, he hand tills everything. So he basically does close to no till farming techniques. So instead of running a till through the soil, he just plants different plants, cover crops that are native to Colorado to potentiate the different minerals in the soil. So instead of using any sort of pesticides or fertilizers, he just uses these different plants. I mean, when Bart and I first met him, we were out in like, 100 degree Colorado sun in the summer <laughs> and Thomas just talked to us for like three hours about and then this flower potentiates the bees that then do this and that potentiates the mold and the ground I mean it's just it's really just a beautiful beautiful incredible ecosystem that he has going that I absolutely could not pretend to understand but I am in total awe of I mean he even goes up to the mountains I didn't even know this until recently he goes up to the mountains to this uh, mythically healing spring mountain water <laughs> and brings it down in a truck to water the plants with it. So again, as I was saying, I am just blown away by the level of detail and the, the care that goes into the plants. We grow our plants outside. 
uh, for the most part. I think they were start some of them were started in a greenhouse this year and then planted outside. It normally starts around May, I want to say, and then the harvest is in about October. So they were just finishing pulling it all down and getting it tested up and all that fun stuff. And, and is he doing this primarily for CBD or is he also do plants with THC? Uh, he only does it for CBD. So with THC, it gets into a whole nother level of regulations, which even just selling CBD can be really complicated. We've had our credit card processor shut down a couple of times. You know, the government can come and seize crops. It's it's just, it's a whole hassle. So for now, he's just doing CBD and we're just doing CBD. Though I would, the more that I'm learning about THC for seizure disorders and neurological disorders, I am definitely playing with the idea of uh, adding some at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe add to your product line that way and yeah, and work with that. Holy smokes, you you have plenty on your plate. <laughs> I want to pivot a little bit back to something near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, Cause it's taken me a long time to gain an appreciation for this and that's running a business, <laughs> having a business and appreciating and loving that I have the opportunity to create a business that I I've got the opportunity to create my life the way I want to create it. Cause I'm not working for someone else, right? I'm the man that I'm working for. But it seems so often in our profession, a lot of people, you say the B word and folks get pretty skittery. It's like it's a bad word. It's like you're cussing or it's just something that people don't want to be involved with. You seem pretty lit up about business. I'd love to get more of your perspective on that. And it, I mean, did you, did you come from a family of business people or where, where do you get this particular knack for uh, seeing opportunities and then creating products and businesses and clinics and, and all this stuff around all of that. I agree that it's a beautiful opportunity and I feel so blessed to be able to do exactly what I want to be doing for the most part <laughs> every day. I think I probably got a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit from my father. He's a book publisher. And so making people's dreams come true through publishing their books and letting them tell their story in a wider space was really, you know, is and has always been his life's mission. And it's, it was a really beautiful thing to grow up around. And, you know, going back to just being, being really stubborn, when I see things that just don't fit and don't feel right, it's, it's hard for me to sit by and just say, well, hopefully somebody else will fix that problem. Um, because I have the skill sets and, and luckily I have the skill sets because, you know, we have thousands of years of medical history to stand on, you know, like this, I don't, I didn't come up with Chinese herbs, you know, this isn't my knowledge. This is the knowledge that has been handed down and it's a complete honor and privilege to be able to study it and to, to practice it. And if I can, you know, get that out to more people, then, you know, I feel like that's, you know, my, my honor and my duty, you know, like that's, that's something that, that would, you know, mean a lot to me. I don't know. I guess I'm just stubborn is the, the moral of the story. I, you know, I, I, I'm hearing that particular thread going through here <laughs> that you lean on your stubbornness, which is, it's not a bad thing. Sometimes troublesome for the people around you, 
but uh, it, it definitely can keep you motivated. What would you say that you've learned that you didn't think you were going to learn about, but because you've created businesses, there's some glimpses that you have into how the world works that you would not have known about maybe 10 years ago? You know, I think a lot of people are really scared of running their own business, of putting themselves out there. I know for me, I'm a bit of an introvert also. So putting myself out there, doing podcasts, you know, telling me and Remy's story, it's it's really not particularly comfortable for me. <laughs> but I also feel like it's important. And I feel like uh, the importance of it is bigger than my discomfort. And I think that especially for practitioners, we've all hopefully come to this because we have a bit of a calling. We want to help other people. So I think the more that we can all lean into the population base, the, the disorders, the style of treatment that like really calls to us as humans and calls to our souls, the more we can, you know, step up into those spaces. You know, I think people think that running a business is something for somebody else, but but you can do it. I mean, if you can get through Chinese herbs, you can run a business. I promise you. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it has its days, it has its ups and downs and it's, it's rough sometimes, but you know, you have a purpose in this world. You know, we have, we have these beautiful gifts. We have these purpose. We have a path. You know, if you feel like your path is calling you to do something specific, you know, just, just buckle down and do it. You can make it happen. Yeah. If I can, you can. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like one of the things that you've learned is some courage. Well, you got to fight for what you want. Well, you certainly have to work at it. One of the things that I find that I've learned from doing business is I have less fear of failure. And I think that comes from having failed a lot. Yep. <laughs> Right? It's not because I haven't failed. It's because I failed. I failed a lot, and it it hasn't killed me yet. Exactly. Well, that's one thing with Remy. Also, like I feel like we've been through so much. I can't express to you how challenging it is to have a child with such a rare and complicated disorder that can also be neurodegenerative. And, you know, at a drop of, it's, it's a very, very emotionally challenging thing to, to process and to manage on a day-to-day -day basis. And, you know, I, I do a lot of work to focus on the beauty and accepting that I'm not in control of me and Remy's path. But I think that having so much go on and having to, to process so much and having to really look at some of the harsher realities of, of this life allows me to know that, you know, what, so I fail at a business? <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> you know? Like, life is going to go on, and I will learn from it, and I will keep growing, and I will keep moving forward. And, you know, just because you fail at a business adventure doesn't mean that you're not going to be massively successful at your next one. And, and what does success mean? You know, it's it's all very mm -hmm. relative. Well, so often failure is a big lesson. You didn't realize it was on the syllabus. <laughs> yeah. But but there it is. And it sounds like with your situation too, with Remy, the difficulties and challenges that, that you face with having a child who's dealing with the things that he deals with has also set you on a deep path of service to other people. I mean, I feel like I've... 
I've been on a path of service. I am a healer. I, I think I look at Chinese medicine and I use it in a different way than most practitioners out there do because I really do look at it through the lens of public health. It definitely is a calling for me to help other people find better health and happiness and joy and love in this life because there's so many people who are suffering. But having Remy, it's illuminated this whole population of, of families who are really just desperate for help. And to me, I have a voice not only as a practitioner, but as a mother who can say, you know, there are things that can help. And, you know, we can grow a community together and, you know, I can help you find the supports that you need to support your child so that you're not up all night like I was Googling all the time so that you can rest easy so that your child might meet that next inch stone. So, yeah, I, I just feel like me and Remy are on this epic adventure together and I'm very excited to see where it goes. Yeah, well, I so appreciate you sharing this with us. A lot of people are drawn to doing medicine because of a difficulty that they've had in their life um, or difficulty of someone that they care about. And, and it, it, it sets them off on a path that was unexpected. Definitely. Yeah. So here you are. And, and thanks for all the work that you're doing. Anything else that you would like to share with our listeners here before we uh, say goodbye for today? Well, I just want to stress again how very grateful I am for your podcast and all that you're doing, because I really, really do think that as a as a field um, and as a profession and as a community, the more that we can do to lift each other up and support each other, the better we're going to be. I think that that this is just such a wonderful service for us all. And I'm super grateful. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you liked this conversation, If you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today. Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community. (laughs) 